Somehow, some way, the Maple Leafs folks have life. Onwards and upwards, we go to Game 5 on Sunday. It's time for Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. Many thanks to Sam McKee and technical ops show Ali for putting the show on the road here. But my goodness, Gord Stelic, even uh, minutes after that winner on the power play in OT, I still can't comprehend what I've witnessed here on my birthday tonight. I was going to say, who had the better birthday, Sidney Crosby or Nick Alberga? And my we goodness. Know about Sidney Crosby, I said last night, came on, and I said to you, Nick, this is like a crime scene, and you're trying to discuss to the police what exactly happened, and you're slowly trying to remember all the facts because it was so surreal. Yeah, th- th- this is like you got to bring the FBI or RCMP in. This is unbelievable. This is I I guess, you know, uh, I was ready to talk about the Leaf season ending with a whimper, not a bang. I was looking at little things like the comparable that the top three Leaf players make 33 million, the top three Columbus players make 18 million, you know, things like that. Like all these types of things, because that was it. It was it was Columbus was ready. And you're you know, you're going to give the Leafs a little bit of marks. But all in all, it was going to be a postmortem of a bitter bitter variety given what happened last night and the way they appeared to go out what the hell happened nick i mean i mean what i hey no overtime is a standalone thing that's great anything can happen we can talk about austin matthews coming up with a big goal you know our buddy bruce boudreaux started it years ago or patrick waugh did bruce said he followed suit in anaheim when patrick waugh started in colorado pulling the goaltender early when you're down by two goals and he had a couple of instances back then that they came back to tie and that went on for a little bit, but really the last couple of years we talk about when you pull the goaltender, there's so many empty net goals now because that seems like an automatic. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, My like, goodness, wow, he, yeah. he, he put that in the side of the net in the plastic with the goaltender out. And I think it was 3-2 at that point, but whatever. So, wow, wow. I, I, I you know, good on the Leafs. It's, it's, it's a, for Leaf fans that have had too many surreal moments and there's still a game five to come, this one I, I could never, ever, ever have predicted exactly how this thing would play out this way not a leaf win or whatever but down three nothing and morgan riley snapping a stick and just you know really really embodying all that leaf fans were feeling on the bench and to talk about it now after a 4-3 overtime win uh i still have to get re-educated yeah i have absolute goosebumps right now gordon just the fact that it was like john Tavares read my tweet Uh, i put it out with about five minutes remaining john Tavares, his struggles in the series was a minus five at that point had one goal, and next thing you know, it's the leadership core that grabs this team by the you-know-what and says, you know, we're going to do this thing. And, you know, I think Andrew Raycroft, former Maple Leafs netminder, had a great tweet. How many people would have left the building knowing Leafs Nation, Gord? We love Leafs Nation, passionate crowd base. Um, but, I mean, it was a disappointing night at the ballpark, so to speak. How many people would have left thinking the Leafs were finito, can't get back in the building, and they mount one of the most insurmountable comebacks you can imagine in this day and age. Uh, we shouldn't be shocked, Gord, because it's 2020, and perhaps it's too premature, but who cares because it's 2020. Is this the Kawhi galvanizing moment this Maple Leafs team needed, Gordo? Okay, well, then we got to talk about looking forward, and we'll find out because you're. This, is, this was the one we talked about, but then someone, Kawhi, you know, when Kawhi's shot hit the uh, iron four times and three mm-hmm. of those times it looked like it would should bounce out, and went in. We're, we were talking about one basket for a team that was competing hard and you know was in it. This team wasn't in it when they mm-hmm. were down three nothing. It was and, over. And 
And, you know, there, there was a good synopsis on Hockey Night in Canada about the different goals that Kevin Bieksa said, okay, you need a greasy goal. They finally got it, the first one, by Nylander. And then, to your point, the skill player needed to come through. And John Tavares, that, that, that's a wonderful shot. That's a beautiful shot. Snipe, and then the yeah. last one, uh, one thing we've talked about, at times the Leafs have been, gu- been guilty of overpassing. And in this case, Austin Matthews passing it to Hyman. You know, probably the Columbus players weren't expecting it. I, I again, I, I guess I, I cannot believe this, Nick. From, there are no words, Gord. <laughs> it, it's, it's a giddiness if you're a Leaf fan. It's a, it, it's a real giddiness to have all these things we talked about before. And then, you know, and, and again, good on the team. It's not like you're going to talk, hey, a stroke of luck, stroke, whatever. Um, I The team talked about it after game three. They believed in themselves a lot of things. And up till what, four minutes left in the game, you know, it just looked like all talk. And I wasn't ready to bury and trash them, but in general... I was. Well, I, I, do, I don't... I, well, I, I guess I guess that would be... I, I guess I guess, I guess you're, not, you're not wrong that way in the sense, I mean, given yesterday's game, but I mean, it, it, it wasn't horrible, 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 but it was an inexcusable... It would have been an inexcusable result yeah. given yesterday. So now Columbus, what are they thinking? Like, what are they thinking? Like, this is the team last... Yesterday, Chris Johnson said... You're up three goals against Columbus, which is like being up seven goals because they don't score goals. One thing mm-hmm. they do is prevent goals, and uh, in this case, they couldn't. Now, quiet thing, who's not on the ice? Zach Wierenski, right? All of a yes. sudden, wow, you're, you're, come Jake, back. you're Jake Muzzin-type void, and all of a sudden, Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski weren't the big two on the ice, but that's part of what the playoffs are about. So, you know, what the Leafs faced without Jake Muzzin, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets all of a sudden got a big dose of it without Zach Wierenski. Gord, I cannot believe, and again, it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick here on Leafs Nation postgame. If you missed the action, you missed a crazy, frantic finish. The Maple Leafs were down and out in this series, down 3 nothing in the final five minutes of play, tie it up in the final minute, go off to OT, and it's Austin Matthews. Who else on the power play? Again, second half of this game, he was outstanding. Um, you know, just more so the fact that uh, I think you look at this game and and how lethargic Toronto was for 55 minutes. I can't fathom how it took that long. They, they look like a wounded dog in this game, Gord, for 55 minutes. Um, and it seemed like they never really recovered. Um, and I had it in my notes as we prepared for the broadcast tonight uh, in anticipation of a loss here. And again, you got to play the full game. But I had it in my notes that they lost this series, potentially the last game when they blew that lead. But uh, I mean... It, it, you could never have guessed in your wildest dreams that would have happened. But, you know, as a Leafs fan, still hesitant in OT. Toronto came out strong. Um, you know, Freddie Anderson deserves a lot of credit. And the big uh, marquee moment for me in OT was that shot block by Travis Dermott. was uh, unbelievable. His teammates were hugging him after. But you, you can't help but get giddy, Gord. I like you use that word. And, and just more so, you got to temper yourself as well and understand. But as soon as, you know, they score that goal and as they tie the game, you start to wonder. I think we've been waiting for that galvanizing moment for this Leafs team, not only here in the postseason, but in, in the entire season. And you wonder if, wonder if this kicks them in the ass a bit and gets them going a tad. I mean, you look at a day earlier that Chicago dispensed of Edmonton and, and uh, Montre- Montreal dispensed of Pittsburgh. So, you know, it's just an unusual day, an unusual time. And, you know, you know Nick, talking about it before, we talked a bit about it last night, is that these three-goal deficits in the playoffs – and again, we, we didn't really have time to fully absorb it yesterday because yeah. it all happened so quick, much like Columbus is feeling right now. 
But our our buddy Stevie Felon at Sports that comes out with the stats so quickly, and mm-hmm. so he, he went through other three goal goal deficits the Leafs had had, or three goal leads they blown right off the bat. Game seven, twenty thirteen, something a, a raw sore that Leaf fans will never forget, and then. It went on just to a couple more, and one even back in 1986 when I was with the Leafs, and I right away, three-goal three lead against the St. Louis Blues, and it was one game, but we lost in seven. But, yeah, right away it struck all those chords with me. There was one against Ottawa, but you know what? They beat Ottawa, so it didn't matter. I didn't even remember it because every time they beat Ottawa, so they lost one game, they led by three, and they blew it. I don't even remember it. So all you can do to erase those is come back and win it, win the series. And that's what I was saying before the game. So to forget about last night – you have to come back and win the series. Now, you know, maybe this is because of this today. I can't even, but but that's what you have to do. That That's how horrible and unusual what happened last night is. And then you take it and you don't double down, you triple down, quadruple down compared to what Columbus did to you last night. It's, 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 un- it's unbelievable. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no. It's, it's colossal it's, for words, honestly. It's the I, ball I'm going through you. Bill Buckner's legs all those years ago, oh. right? It's, it's, it's one of those kind of things when, like you are done, 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 and you and I are thinking about whether it's trashing the postmortem, whatever. <laughs> An incredibly disappointing, disappointing finish, given all. And now, you know, and still, if if they lose in Game Five, um, you know, w- w- hey, we'll, we'll wait for Game Five to think about that. But and again, as a as I spitball, how about Nick Foligno and how pissed off he was at the end of the oh. game? About yeah. the penalty call. I mean, the Leafs get you know they get the penalty call and they capitalize on it quite quickly. It really is incredible, and uh, no doubt about it. The captain of the Jackets was uh, really fired up about that call. I think it was pretty black and white in in terms of how it happened. He put his, his stick into the skates, and maybe I'm a bit biased because I'm a Leafs fan. But um, credit to the Maple Leafs again because they had been struggling on the power play gourd. Uh, last I checked, two for twelve in this series, but. Unnoticed on the play was the ragu sauce, the great sauce pass by John Tavares, who really, really elevated his play because I didn't think he was particularly good. Again, in this game, uh, it was a struggle down the stretch, but he picked up a couple points, and that was a that was a eleven million dollar a year pass he made uh, to Austin Matthews. That was incredible stuff, and Matthews a great finish as well. Yeah, and again, when we talk about the money, you know, yeah. the guys go out and play hard, but you know, the but the point being is they they need to deliver, and sometimes you can't force them to deliver, but that's a fact for the Leafs that they have, and if they still even if they have the playoff disappointment in Game Five, just in general, you know, they got a team that in the salary cap world uh, should be getting success because you got a lot of money tied up in a, in a in a number of people that have not had a small number that have not had playoff success, but you know, Nick Nick with five minutes left. Like I was hard pressed to come on here and bring up plays just like you discussed. Like yeah. were you? Like I like when they're down three nothing. Like I, I was hard pressed to say. And Nick, remember at the tw- you know seven minutes in the second period. I know you, it you was know, a post mortem for me, Gordo. I was going to talk about the off season with you, Gray. Frankly, well, they, they, Columbus scored early, yeah, relatively early, and then they just were in control. Like I, I it, like like the old sign guy at Philadelphia or sign there's whatever sign guy like never in doubt was. You know, I, I thought that was up last night for the Maple Leafs, never in doubt. Tonight, I thought they could have p- papered never in doubt signs all around Scotiabank Arena, and it would have accepted it. I imagine a lot of people out there listening, you're the same. We all get texts from friends, Leaf Nation yeah. friends, to text. Oh, like, I got, oh, my look, God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> to look back on them now, it's, it's, it's like somebody, you know, writing writing a letter when they've had a little too much uh, too much to uh, imbibe too much and then waking up regretting the letter they wrote, you know? 
But yes. this is just a bevy of people venting their frustration and now don't fully know what to do. And and to go again to go back, imagine you, you talk about the crowd leaving tonight. I mean, what in like or, or you know or leaving? What in general booing them? What about the yes. booing? Yeah. Like it would have started after one nothing. This would have been. Yeah. And I, and I don't want a world where people can't go to games. Okay, I want full yes. houses and games again. But that would have been. That's that's the kind of world we're talking about. So. We've said it a few times. I really do think no crowd under these unfortunate circumstances isn't a bad thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and tonight was a perfect example. Gordo, um, a two-pronged question for you. Does Dean Kukin play in Game 5 of this series, and how much credit does Jason Spezza get uh, for initiating something, which I couldn't believe. Uh, you know, A veteran player in the twilight of his career is the one who steps up uh, to invigorate the team because the passion level was minimal in this hockey game, at least in terms of intensity, Spezza gets the scrap, and next thing you know, the Maple Leafs. And maybe it's not fair to correlate it, but uh, I, I think Spezza deserves a lot of credit. That fourth line was very, very noticeable again in this one, weren't they? Well, in, in a year that said way too many dysfunctional things happen, one of them from the start, and one reason why at the end of it, you know, Mike Babcock and the when Mitch Marner's situation was public about a year, a couple of years earlier, when he asked him to do that list about the hardest working Leafs and things like that, you know, really were brought into question. But this one we all knew because he he publicly um, he publicly chastised Jason Spezza at training camp, and and you kind of said uh, like like again the bewilderment bewilderment about what what is going on here started with Maple Leaf fans and. You know, and that's where they got off on the wrong foot, never got going. And and Jason Spezza, the guy's a consummate pro. Jason Spezza he needs threw to him be too, treated eh? with yeah, <laughs> needs to be yeah, needs to be treated with respect. He's a guy who came here, came to Toronto by choice. And then you look tonight, fourth line was the second best line out there, which is more an indictment of the other lines. And then to do something, you know, knowing you gotta try to spark the team, and he goes and does it. And I, I you know, that might have been one of the positives I was gonna talk about in the postmortem. You know, at least he showed. At least he showed some fight that way, and uh, then all the other craziness happened in, in a surreal short period of time. The nuclear line, um, I think, anointed actually by Chris Johnson, who we expect to talk uh, to later on. Uh, still in disbelief, I'll be quite honest, because Gordon and I are ready to write our postmortem obituary on this Maple Leaf season, how disappointing it was going to be, and then Toronto. Um, they did the Toronto to the Columbus Blue Jackets, which is incredible. Uh, a team known for blowing three-goal leads in the playoffs actually does it themselves. And finally, some hope here in Leafs Nation. A 4-3 OT win. Austin Matthews, the OT winner for Toronto, forcing a Game 5. Toronto will be the home team coming up on Sunday. Uh, still getting started here on Leafs Nation postgame. You're not going to miss anything. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe. We'll go inside and, and hear some of the players as well. No doubt, potentially Austin Matthews and get you set as well. Uh, for Game 5, not to mention Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic on Twitter, and you're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The job is not done, but the jubilation continues here in Toronto after a shocking, unbelievable comeback in which the Maple Leafs are down 3 nothing late in the third period. Storm back, Senate OT, and Austin Matthews on the power play has the Maple Leafs a 4-3 win here in Game 4 to force a decisive Game 5 coming up on Sunday. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can follow along on Twitter. Again, we hope to hear from Chris Johnston of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada. Got to hear from Sheldon Keefe, potentially Austin Matthews, and others. And uh, Gord, it's still... 
you know, 30, 40 minutes after this hockey game has concluded, I still can't believe what transpired there. And I, you know, I'm so looking forward to game five because I think you get a bit fired up and a bit pumped up the way the Maple Leafs played in, you know, the last 15 minutes, we'll say, of this hockey game. They were all over the puck. They were hounding it. Not to mention Zach Wierenski went down, did not return. You hate to see injuries, but that's a that's a monumental loss um, for the Columbus Blue Jackets if he can't play going forward. Um, but, you know, for as much as we talk, Gord, about Toronto, how they would respond in the back-to-back after that inflating loss, you start to wonder about Columbus now after what happened here. Yeah, you know, I... <laughs> Because all that I said, I I, I like from the Leaf point of view that um, they played relatively quick because you can try to forget about the loss and get right back at it. But, you know, when they were down three nothing, what what difference did that make from Toronto? So now, yeah, this is such a distant memory for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, yesterday the Leafs blew it in what was it, 30 or 25 minutes. And here they blew it in four minutes. Like, uh, yeah, I, I. can Joan Tortorella pull one more, you know, trick or whatever out of his sleeve? I, I I just, you know, go back to the Toronto side. And, you know, it's funny. You mentioned, Nick, if it was not the, well, still the pandemic here. I know things have opened up a bit. Uh, yeah. This this would be this would be crazy, Bill. This would be fun. This would not be shut down. Well, maybe it would be shut party down. Party on King Street, right? Yeah, party. Well, party a few places. King Street, where you, you will be, just in general, because anywhere you go is a party, yes. and it's your birthday. Two cats. So yes. Why wouldn't cats. it be? Yeah, two cats, one cat, three cats. It would Shout be a party. Shout out two cats. But, uh, uh, and, and I, but I was thinking, when they were down 3 nothing, and I just said, like, uh, di- real disappointing, bitter playoff losses, and quite often mm-hmm. you reach the end of your rope. And a couple of years ago now, it was a sweep, but when the Raptors lost that series... Like you started that series, there's no way Dwayne Casey's going to be fired for the next year, but he was. He made a coaching change, and Nick Nurse came in, and it made uh, Masai decide I got I got to I got to take a chance in this Kawhi Leonard situation because I got to do something really revolutionary and radical. Now you can't get one guy in hockey to do what Kawhi Leonard did for the Raptors last year, but I was wondering. Not I wasn't saying Sheldon Kiefer or Kyle Dubas was going to get fired, nor was I advocating for it, but I was wondering if this. When it was 3 nothing, given what happened last night, and would not result in something comparable. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know what to think. And then you bring up Columbus as well. And um, I, I don't know what to think about Columbus if they go on and lose game number five. I, I, it's, I, I, I don't know. It's just it's going to be an incredibly bitter pill to swallow for either side. But right now, it's more bitter for Columbus. The quotes are in, by the way, Gord, on John Tortorella and his postgame presser. Uh, roughly a minute in length. The first question, you got the answer there, Hedge. Brian Hedger, the question. Number two, you said it. I'm not going to explain anything. And number three, I haven't talked to the trainers. You would have to assume that question was about Zach Wierenski. End scene, and Tortorella's night was over with the media. So uh, pretty much shows you how John Tortorella, the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, feels about that. But just what a roller coaster of emotions, Gord, in 24 hours, that we're sitting here 24 hours ago, talking about the Maple Leafs, will they show life? Will they show fight? And I, I don't know that answer, quite frankly. It took a long, 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 long time. But with five minutes remaining, something clicked. The nuclear line got together. They scored the first grinding goal from Willie Nylander. And uh, the rest is history. And the fact that we're able to sit here and set up a game five in early August is uh, tremendous to me, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, no, it, it, it is. And then, you know, and again, I do uh, 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 what will, will if if they happen to lose and compete in game number five is 
Is that enough? And maybe in some ways because they have not done this historically in the playoffs. Like they have found ways to have defeat snatched from the jaws of victory. And I don't remember, like I'll remember like Jake Gardner goal in overtime against Boston once or, you know, whatever. Mitch Marner had that great game last year in one of the games, like certain things like that. But as much as it was seven years apart from that horrible game seven memory, and I stressed with uh, Ganassim Kadri gone and Jay Gardner gone, there were nobody left on the 2020 Leafs uh, last night that were part of what happened in 2013. On the other side, I, I'm, I don't know the last time the Leafs have come back from a three-goal deficit in the playoffs, and I certainly know never, never have they come back from a three-goal deficit in that kind of fashion in the last four minutes. Uh, via NHL PR, and again, that's Gord Selleck. I'm Nick Alberga here in Leafs Nation postgame. I was getting set to potentially do the final Leafs Nation postgame of the season. So happy we have another one at least uh, coming up for Game 5 Sunday. Don't know the start time just yet. Maybe we find out by the end of the night. Uh, but NHL PR, Gord, the Maple Leafs are the first team in NHL history to overcome a deficit of three-plus goals to win a game after surrendering a lead of three-plus goals to lose their previous contest, <laughs> regular season, or post. Like That stat is tremendous. Just... Again, you want to talk about Leafs Nation, the roller coaster of emotions felt strictly in the last 24 hours, notwithstanding the Alexi Lafreniere conversation that probably would have been had on this program had the Leafs lost, is it, pretty surreal to me. Like, I, I'll always remember this birthday, Gordo. Uh, yeah, you, you will. And when you know, was one like of it's... My, yeah, and that was one of my other topics is okay, the Leafs are joining Pittsburgh and Edmonton in the <laughs> Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, lottery Monday night, and those are the three teams that uh, the consensus would be among the other 28. I'd say the least still third, Pittsburgh and Edmonton more, but least yeah. deserving of getting the number one overall pick. And you, you know now uh, it uh, anyway. It's kind of a moot point. It's kind of a moot point because we'll see what happens on Sunday and who joins. But um, I certainly have softened softened my opinion and assessment even though I, I believe the Leafs have no business not winning this series and that's what I said at the start and I didn't mean that as a flippant comment because I respect whoever the opponent is and playoff hockey is a bit different but really it's time it's year four it's year four for all all these guys all these guys that are stars it's year four without ever having a playoff series win and um, you know they're on they they could do that Sunday but I'm still Still, still making semblance of today and 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 commending them and giving them. You know, Morgan Raleigh thought they were done. I mean, it just you know, good on them for carrying, carrying on, carrying on. And then in overtime, when Columbus could have got it back, you know, the Leafs got really a, a, a finally an, an Austin Matthews, an Austin Matthews kind of highlight real goal to win it. Look, I'll say this, and Leafs fans, most credible ones, know this. Uh, I don't think Freddie Anderson will ever get the respect. Any, any goalie who plays in Toronto, for that matter, will ever get the respect. Uh, I thought he made some big-time saves. Again, the, the play I circled in OT was the, the block shot by Travis Dermott. Gore, let's not forget, uh, things got rather frantic a couple times defensively. I'm not going to mention his name. There was a guy in the back end who gave away the puck a couple times. It is what it is. You're tired. Um, Dermot had some giveaways. Riley had some giveaways. Um, you know, I get it. Um, there's a lot of pressure on OT to succeed. And, you know, the important thing is they did overcome, you know, the odds of this hockey game came back to score that and credit to the power play. They've been struggling. It took them a while, had one power play goal coming into this game, score there uh, on a great pass from, from, um, John Tavares just 10 seconds after the Nick Felino penalty. So the, the Maple Leafs is there a lot of credit. Uh, again, uh, we don't know how we were going to have this conversation. Uh, if things had gone awry and they didn't come back, but they deserve a lot of a lot of credit for the execution there, Gordon. Uh, you know, to set up Game Five already on Sunday, 
you would have to think, you know, they go back to the well with the nuclear line, right? And we see much more of that nuclear line with John Tavares, Mitch Marner, and Austin Matthews because, Gord, uh, they were unstoppable there in, in, you know, the final 15 minutes of this hockey game, weren't they? Yeah, and what added to the confusion last night, Nick, was the fact that Sheldon Keefe, instead of talking about blowing a lead, just said that they deserved what they they deserve what they got because he was not happy yep. from his team from the drop of the puck. Now, we're watching and we're just going, I don't know, I, whenever you play sports and you're playing on a hockey team and you're up 3 nothing, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're not uh, delving into the minutiae so much. So upon saying that, then a little bit of that's or, or a part of that is shared with the coaching staff. If they saw that, why not were not certain tweaks and adjustments made? And this, this game, you know, he made a lot of them, even when they were going to lose 3 nothing. so it appeared. He had mm-hmm. tried some of those tweaks, one you mentioned, about getting that magnificent line together. Uh, the other one was getting the fourth line playing more and just, you know, a, lo- a little bit about that because much like John Tortorella pulling Corpusallo, quite often you got to do something to uh, show the team that you're trying to do something. And it's always fun to talk about uh, fights and maybe, you know, Brian Burke loved it for sure. The Jason Spezza scrap with Dean Kukin. Um, who knows if that got the bench going, but they seem fired up to see Spezza drop the gloves and he chucked them pretty good. And you started to wonder there, could it have been Jason Spezza's final game as a Maple Leaf, final game in the National Hockey League? And uh, it won't be because the Maple Leafs have life and they have a game five coming up against Columbus uh, on Sunday. You know, Gord, I thought it was also curious in the back-to-back that John Tortorella elected to make some lineup changes. Uh, Nathan Gerby came in. Um, you know, they made a change in the back end. Scott Harrington, the revenge night for him playing the Maple Leafs, part of the Kasperi captain Phil Kessel deal with Pittsburgh back in the day. But they made some changes, and I wondered if Columbus could be fresher to finish off the game because they had some guys who didn't play the night before. I was wrong, and um, I, I think you, you put stock into the uh, off-season training for for some of these juggernaut players on this team because uh, – they played a lot, Gorda. You know, I, I was chuckling watching this game as we prepped for the, the 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 show, even before Toronto came back. That it would have been fun to you to discuss the fact that we would we wouldn't naysay the ice time for you know the big boys, right? Because they they played a lot in this hockey game, Gordo. Well, and you know, ta- chatting about with Mike Rupp about that a while ago, and Mike and Mike thought youth really will be served in this. In that, when he was a veteran, he just said, you know, your your conditioning was kind of a year long year long plan. It, but when you're a kid, you know, 21, 22, I know you're getting older with your birthday now, but, yeah. you know, it's kind of like you can, it doesn't matter. You're just always in shape. You very quickly get it back. And, you know, for very few of us, it's playing in the NHL. A lot of us, it's kind of a weekend going on a going on a binge Friday and then getting up at 7 a.m. Saturday like nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. 10 years later, the same scenario, you're kind of saying, boy, Saturday, I wasn't, uh, wasn't able to move very much, you know. And, uh, yeah, you know, good on the conditioning of the Leaf players, good on the conditioning programs, but also the youth that way. I don't think anyone ever questions about people being in shape nowadays, but yeah, they they played a phenomenal number of minutes and you uh there were moments, you know, when you like I look I look at as well like even in the Montreal Pittsburgh game when when you look at Claude Julien would try to uh sneak his fourth line out there for an offensive faceoff yeah. or, or third defense pair just for a bit because he he shortened the bench. And that's what you do in playoffs. And and the Maple Leafs, um, I don't know how much they shortened it, but they certainly restacked it. And and the guys that play had to play a ton of minutes. Uh, yeah, they really played. That's why it was weird. You know, if you're going to do the post mortem, yeah. you know, it's kind of like you were saying. I almost wish they really sucked. Period from the drop of the puck. <laughs> it's like, true. I, like, yeah. like, like, say that like the New York Rangers played and getting swept against Carolina. There was more to there was more to take issue with the Rangers games than thinking about. Wait a sec. We were eight periods into this. 
and they were playing great. And the other part, Nick, is here we go again. They cannot figure out Elvis Merzlikens. Like, you can't have I know. It twice. You can't have two goalies pull the You know he went on a streak, Gordo? You're right. He went on a streak of 58 saves in a row, Gord. But I think they've solved them now, no? Well, but that's what Corpusalo did, basically yeah. the same thing I know. to start. I don't know who has solved what. So I, I, you know, th- yeah, this was, know. we always said, 2020, this unique setup was the the X factor of all X factors of all X factors. And, and we've just seen that in the last two nights in so many ways. I'm just thankful we got a game five. We got to do another uh, Leafs Nation post game Again, it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet 590, the fan at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. And uh, the highlight for me was Mr. Sokolov, Zach Hyman scoring the tying goal and the celebration that ensued. You sort of forgot there was no crowd in the building. I was fired up watching this game. There's no doubt about that. And I'm, I just hope I don't get the email um, you know, for, for my condo for a noise complaint, but I'll, I'll stomach it because the Maple Leafs win this game in OT 4-3, a power play tally for Austin Matthews after coming back down 3 nothing a night after they blew a three-goal lead. Uh, the post game starting to roll in. We'll hear now from the OT hero, Austin Matthews, and also the man who potentially ignited it all, Jason Spezza. Austin, what's that moment like for you when uh, you see that goal go in after uh, coming back from a 3 nothing deficit? Uh, I mean, I don't really know what uh, what to really feel in the moment, to be honest. Uh, I think your mind just kind of goes blank, and um, you know, I think it's a credit to, to every single guy on our team uh, for just sticking with it, battling back, and uh, just not quitting. Um, you know, down 3-0 with a couple minutes left. I think that's a testament to each guy in this locker room, and um, you know, I think everybody should be extremely proud of each other. Next question from the media center. Uh, Terry Koshan, Toronto Sun. This one's for you, Jason. You've been around this game a hell of a long time. Have you do you remember anything like that uh, last four minutes? Anything comparable that you've been through? Yeah, no, I've never been a part of anything like that. Um, you know, with the firepower we have with these guys, where they can put the puck in the net, we're never out of it. And uh, there's a great sense of belief in our group, and uh, you know, we stuck with it the whole way and got some big goals by some big players. Next one upstairs. Uh, Josh Clipper, the Canadian Press for Austin. This core has taken a lot of criticism the last few years. What did you guys show tonight? I think just resilience. Um, you know, I think you're going to go through ups and downs here, and I think uh, we've definitely been through our uh, share of ups and downs, and I think that's just kind of par for the course here. So, I mean, I think you just try to stick with it, uh, focus on what we can control, and, and focus on uh, what we have in the locker room and just stick together and play as a team. Next one in the media center. Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Jason, you don't have very many fights in your career. What were your emotions coming into this game and what made you drop the gloves tonight? Well, just trying to spark the guys. I think just, you know, trying to show some desperation and have some pushback. And uh, sometimes, you know, without the crowd, you don't have that. So just trying to create some emotion and, you know, play the role that I'm in and just try to you know, get everyone going. Uh, you know, you're just trying to do what you can do at this time of year. Take a few more from the media center up next. Mark Masters, TSN for Austin. Austin, how would you describe uh, what the mood was like with four minutes left and, and the deficit you were facing? Did you sense something might be coming? What What were you seeing and, and feeling from the group? Um, I mean, I think once we got one, um, you know, pretty quickly there, you know, we just wanted to keep pushing and keep pressing, and uh, we got two, and you know, obviously we still had some time left, and uh, you know, we still got a game there, so. I think it just kind of rallied everybody, uh, got everybody excited, gave us a little bit of an extra boost, and then obviously being able to tie it up uh, and for- force overtime, um, you know, you definitely felt that kind of momentum shift. Last one from the media center. Jonas Siegel, The Athletic. Austin, what's the strategy in a situation like that, six on five, 
Like, is there anything? Is it just put pucks to the net? Yeah, I I think it's kind of find space, uh, have some guys coming in downhill. I mean, the way they play five on five, obviously they're uh, you know they're very tight to the net and they kind of play five guys inside. And um, you know, when we got the six guys out there, I thought we did a pretty good job of just kind of spraying them out and had a guy at the net and able to sneak a couple in there. Loving those dual podiums, uh, Jason Spezza and Austin Matthews, the mustached one with the uh, OT winner here uh, on the power play, a 4-3 win. Uh, your thoughts, Gord Stelic? You know, I- I'm really glad that nobody says nobody believed in us. We were, you know, I, I hate that crap. I hate that crap. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw Morgan Riley just crush his stick, and there's no better competitor than Morgan Riley, but that's certainly what all was sharing when they were down by three. So, you know, good on them for doing it, but it's it's not like – the world is against you or the fans are against you. you. You dug a deep hole that only you controlled getting out of and somehow you control getting out of it. So uh, I love having those two guys on because they were both huge reasons why they did. Uh, Austin Moore for his, his skill nowadays. Jason Spezza, you know, he's got to have so many bitter memories, not not of three-goal deficits, but Ottawa Senators. <laughs> I know. Playoff disappointments, right? Sure. A lot of them were yeah. the hands of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, the thing about the Leafs right now, I was just thinking, Nick, is – these guys have to make a mark like Matt Sundin, Gary Roberts, Curtis Joseph, Thomas Caberlet, Darcy Tucker, like just get some playoff series in your belt because you got to do that the next step. And it still remains to be seen whether they will do that on Sunday. But again, as I try to think it through, I do think this is the first great watershed moment for this team about dealing with this particular kind of adversity after last night, but also being down three with less than five minutes to go. And I gotta, I said it sort of jokingly that could this be the Kawhi moment for the Maple Leafs, but I just so, so meant could it be the galvanizing moment we've been looking for? Not that I'm stepping back on it because I do firmly believe it could be the moment that we've been waiting for for this Maple Leafs team to finally get over that hurdle, at least win a series, have some you know breath and, and move on and get some confidence, uh, but we'll see what's in store. I mean, ultimately, we get to a game five and this conversation potentially, uh, hopefully not, could be a lot different. But uh, no doubt we're feeling good about life tonight. The Maple Leafs winning 4-3 in overtime on a power play goal from Austin Matthews after they came back from a 3-0 deficit in the last five minutes to play here in game four. Just mayhem. Uh, that's pretty much the only word I can use at this point in time. It's Nick Alberga and professional broadcaster extraordinaire Gord Stelic. Continuing to break this one down, we hope to touch base with Chris Johnson, who took this one in at Scotiabank Arena, and I'll also hear potentially from Zach Hyman and others as we roll on here on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the Fan. Blue Jackets win the draw. Riley Nash got it, but they don't get the clear. Riley holds the puck in. Centering pass. Tavares right in front. Big shot. Score! Kasperi Kapanen. The call there from Jim Houston on CBC and the OT winner via the power play by Austin Matthews. What a great sauce pass by John Tavares, the captain, to set him up. And the Maple Leafs suddenly have life with a 4-3 OT win after Nick Foligno, the captain of the Jackets, took a tripping penalty. Toronto uh, scores an OT after coming back down from 3 nothing. With five minutes, less than five minutes remaining in the third period, it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. Gord, I'm still getting goosebumps. I don't care where I'm hearing that call. Uh, I can't wait to watch the highlights when we get off the air as well. 
Yeah, I mean, Jim Houston, a great play-by-play guy. I didn't realize yeah. he called it Kasperi Kaplan initially, but... Uh, 24 and 34, pretty yeah, easy to Yeah, well, no, hey, we, 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 yeah. we've all done things like that, to say the least, yeah. but I just... Yeah, I mean, it was so vintage Austin Matthews, and it was just... That was one that, over time, we got a chance to get our bearings again and kind of watch overtime and know next goal won, and there was some closeness both ways, but th- those other three goals, you're, you're still... You're, you're, you're almost trying to catch your breath and go over it all. You're right. Um, we're, we're looking to touch base in mere moments as well with Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca and HockeyNet in Canada. We do have some Zach Hyman that we're, uh, we're hoping to play here, potentially some Sheldon Keefe as well as we look forward, Gord. I can't believe I'm saying it. Game five on Sunday and the Maple Leafs will be the home team. What a big road victory for them tonight, Gord. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they probably were the only team that would have left the bubble at night, you know, because probably most teams leave the next day. There's a lot of Rangers. You can't just get your charter together but man it would have been a real sad quick uber quick uber crew. home no you will lift I, home what, whatever home but yeah. man it, it would have been a, a sad sad end to whatever went on and here we got this uh, yeah, like i said this morning in all honesty I, I wanted all six teams who were facing elimination to win just because i love game fives or game sevens and uh they weren't following script teams are getting eliminated some huge surprises but uh, we're going to get a game five anyway in the Toronto Columbus series, whether we get any more. Yeah. And I think case in point, this is why the NHL worked tired, tirelessly, um, vigorously towards a comeback uh, for a day like this scored in general, not just talking about this game to see the upsets. We saw the 12 seed watch out for the 12 seed in both conferences, um, Chicago and Montreal, your thoughts on that Gordo. Well, exactly. And you know, that getting carry price, getting care, getting carry price, to play in a series was huge and that was a big part for Montreal against Pittsburgh and Chicago man it just showed youth be served this wasn't it the uh, guys with the Stanley Cup rings had one more one more kick at it and Corey Crawford had a huge playoff and Edmonton didn't get the goaltend he didn't get the D so in, in the in the unique unique year 2020 uh, hmm. although we got kind of we got results last year the only thing is we're getting these two wins by two teams that had no business at the time of the pause of ever even thinking they would be in the playoffs yeah, I mentioned your adjective. What a night, what a day in Stanley Cup qualifying action. To talk more about this crazy Leafs victory, 4-3 in OT. So happy to bring in a man who took in this game from Scotiabank Arena, a crowdless Scotiabank Arena. It's Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, do you still have goosebumps uh, just, you know, figuring out what, you, what transpired tonight and what you watched? Well, I'm willing to let you guys in on a dirty little secret since we're all friends. When, when sure. you cover a game like this, and you're doing my job, you don't always have any way to put your mind around everything that's happening and unfolding in real time. You know, I, I don't have Jim Houston's voice in my ear making sense of everything and Craig Simpson. Um, and that was, that was truly bizarre, certainly unexpected uh, from where I was sitting. You know, you know, I'd actually written the obituary on the Leaf season that, that you know, I have to file a story to the website at the buzzer. And I was saying that they were going quietly into the night because – you know, I really didn't think the Leafs had a whole ton of push in this game uh, or just wasn't able to really break through too much. And then lightning struck, and they scored three goals with a goaltender pulled, which I know happened in an Anaheim-Edmonton series a couple years ago, but certainly isn't anything I've ever witnessed. And uh, they play on. What a, what a crazy uh, 24, 25 hours or whatever here. Hey, to your point, the old thing about the season ending with a whimper, not a bang, was what I was thinking. Just I really thought, wow, they kind of continued from what happened 
last night and and you know we're, we're trying to put everything in context and i said yesterday you and you came on and we were like two people at a car accident scene trying to describe to the police officers what happened well now we're on dateline or 2020 or 48 hours with the fbi and rcmp talking about a serious crime and trying to put it all together like uh but the i'm trying to put in context is this is this enough to get this leaf team to where Matt Sundin and Gary Roberts and Curtis Joseph and Thomas Caberlet, like like an element of playoff success, which has eluded them just by virtue of the first time under incredible circumstances, they've come back from adversity in a playoff game where usually it's been the other way around to come up with the kind of result they did tonight. Well, you know, I certainly think it changes everything potentially for these, these core players on the team. I mean, uh, I, I actually don't have the stat sheet in front of me. I think they combined for, for 10 points that the big four uh, in, in the last, what, you know, four minutes of regulation and 13 minutes or so of, of overtime that was played. Um, you know, that's, that's a pretty monster performance. That was more points combined than they had until the point where they started scoring here late in the game. So, um, you know, this, this group, let's face it, we were all going to launch into a referendum on hmm. whether this was the right group of guys to get the Leafs over the top, whether changes need to come, you know, we might still have those conversations depending what happens next. But I do think that this is a, a fairly strong response to, to what we just saw, um, you know, the, from, from this group. I mean, that, that's what you expect, that, that they can, you know, use their offensive talents to, to bend a game in Toronto's favor. And, you know, we, we hadn't seen it too much. I mean, game two was a really dominant performance from the Leafs and, you know, Matthews and Tavares were two of the better players in that game, I thought. Uh, I thought I actually think Matthews has had a great series. Uh, he would have probably he would have probably taken a few straight bullets had they just lost here tonight because everyone was going to want to blame all those guys, and it probably would have been a little unfair in his case. But either way, um, you know, they hadn't made a big enough difference as a collective until the end of this game, and I think it can change everything about the way they're viewed. I think this is the kind of win that can launch a team on a crazy run. And, you know, the biggest thing for them now, I think, is to, to get some rest. I mean, they just played two and a half games in the last two days, as the Blue Jackets, of course, and, you know, make sure they bring uh, their best effort on Sunday because that would be a quick way to, to kill any momentum they built here tonight. <laughs> I'd say uh, with Chris Johnson breaking down this 4-3 OT win for the Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews, and suddenly Toronto has life. It's Nick Alberg and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation post game. I'm bold. You know this. Everybody knows this. I, I called it potentially the Kawhi moment uh, for this incarna- incarnation, excuse me, of this Maple Leafs team. Remains to be seen if that is the case. But how much prize, uh, praise, CJ, do you think Jason Spezza should get for, for you know the way he played and, and more so that scrap with Dean Coogan? Well, I'll actually give it to him more for the play than the fight. Yeah. You know, I think the fight is emblematic of his buy-in for the group. But, you know, for me, being around the team every day, it's pretty evident how much this guy cares. I mean, he signed a league minimum contract to come back here. He got uh, railroaded by the previous coach and sat for the season opener and never complained. He played, what, three or four minutes in game one of this series? Um, you know, he was in it. he's been in it for the right reasons the whole time he's been here. And, you know, I actually thought in last night's game and in, in tonight's game, that fourth line gave them a lot of good offensive zone shifts. And I know they didn't score, but, you know, against Columbus, you know, that, that's what you're trying to do. You, you know, in this case, they were trying to wear down a goaltender that for a good long time there looked like he might not be beaten in Merzlikens. But also you, you need some, some, some quiet shifts. You know, you don't want Columbus to be, uh, you know, rolling around and cycling, you know, against your fourth line. And so, you know, he, 
I think that line and, and Spets in particular, you know, did have some nice moments in, in these games and kind of dragged them into the fight a little bit. I mean, ultimately it's their top players that, that sort of make the miracle happen. But, you know, I think the level of belief or resolve was brought a little bit by guys like Clifford and, and Spetsa and even Engvall, you know, who, who sat the first game of the series. But, you know, I just thought that they, they were a safety valve for Sheldon Keefe. I mean, really, they were kind of like the third line. I know everything got mixed and jumbled as it was, but, you know, it seemed to me that Keefe trusted them a little bit more than he was trusting the Kerfoot line, whatever iteration it was at, you know, when they were trying to chase the, to, to get back into this game. So, um, you know, I think if this is where folk heroes are made, I mean, this is, this is part of why Jason Spezza, you know, sacrificed a lot, I think, to come back here. And, you know, even during the pause, he was part of a lot of the NHLPA talks. You know, he's got four daughters at home and a wife. And, and you know, he's, he's missing that time with them to, to go in the bubble. I mean, and as I say, he played three minutes in game one. So I think he's made a lot of sacrifices and maybe is helping show, you know, some of the guys that haven't been through this as much or haven't had success, haven't got anywhere near you know, winning a playoff round, uh, you know, what it takes to, you know, when, when your back is really against the wall in a playoff series. Well, and much like after Jake Muzzin, a, a little break, and give the Leafs full credit, but Zach Wierenski not being available, that that was beyond the goaltender. Him and Seth Jones were just so shut down, and it, it was no coincidence that when he normally would have been out there was when some of the goals happened. For sure. And, you know, Seth Jones was on the ice for those goals without his usual partner at the end. And, you know, this looms as a big storyline, I would say, heading into Sunday's game. I don't know. I saw the play and the replay of what, what we think happened to Wierenski there where he got injured, but I don't know his status. I don't know if he'll be able to play, but, um, you know, he's a huge part of what Columbus does. And he's actually one of the one of the guys that really gives them an edge, right? I mean, the, what the Leafs don't have is enough of Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski and, and other teams too. But, um, you know, those guys control a lot of the game. They have a lot of freedom in the way John Tortorella lets them play, you know, obviously they're, they're part of the defensive shutdown pairing, but they also jump into the rush a fair bit. I think they pose a threat on the power play, even though that hasn't clicked for Columbus in this series. They don't, you know, it only takes one to, to maybe change things in a game five. So whether or not he can play will be a, you know, a huge piece of news for the Blue Jackets. And, uh, you know, losing him midway through the third period didn't help the, the cause here tonight. You're the best, CJ. Thanks so much for this and uh, can't wait for Sunday already. I guess we'll talk Sunday. I was making weekend plans there, but uh, <laughs> cancel them. <laughs> I, got, I got something else to do. Thank you. Take care. All right, boys. There you have it. Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada. And to piggyback off that point, um, I don't think we can say enough about how important Zach Wierenski is scored to the back end of Columbus. Not to mention he had 20 goals in this season, but everything stems seemingly from the back end, whether it be Seth Jones or Zach Wierenski. So, very similar to our thoughts, you know, when it came to, to, to Jake Muzzin leaving the Maple Leafs lineup, um, you know, it's very comparable in terms of the, the meaning of, of having uh, a, a Zach Wierenski on the back end for the Jackets. Yeah, uh, uh, the playoffs, aside from the Leafs, who really played those forwards a lot, which um, I think was the right thing to do. But uh, we've said it, it, forwards, you know, you try to roll three or four lines. You really don't change your ice time appreciably. But, you know, Duncan Keith's been playing 27 minutes for Chicago. Whatever it may be, you all of a sudden uh, increase uh, your stud defenseman by about another five minutes. And he's one of those guys, just like Jake Muzzin was that guy for Toronto. 
Sheldon Keefe, Gord, you just alluded to him. Let's hear now his thoughts on just this crazy come-from-behind comeback victory to give the Maple Leafs life. Here is Sheldon Keefe. Hey, Sheldon, it's uh, Chris Johnson. I'm just wondering, what will you remember most about that comeback? Just the resilience of our team and then just how it just put new life in our in our group. Uh, it was pretty remarkable to be a part of it. Next one from the Media Centre. Hey, Sheldon, Terry Koshan of The Sun. Um, for Sunday now, how, how do you get to a point where you don't have to play like that in the last five minutes and maybe have some of that push, if you will, much earlier in the game than in the final stages of the third? Just for push. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know what? I think I think we played a good game today. Obviously, we don't like that. We, we got behind early. Uh it's a much more difficult team to play against when you're behind than when you're even or ahead. Of course, they've clearly established that as part of their identity. So it was a tough road for us today, but our guys played really hard. Um, wasn't perfect, but our guys played really hard and it was nice to see them get rewarded. Next one upstairs. Uh, Josh Clippen with CP uh, Sheldon, just this core has taken on its fair share of criticism. What did they show tonight? Well, yeah, and just resilience, just that, just that they weren't going to quit, that they, you know, once once we got one and got a little bit of life, they uh, they kept pushing. Um, it was really it was really nice and fitting. I think the way that uh, the goal was scored, the winning goal, Mitch to JT uh, uh, to Austin. But this was a group effort today. There was there was a lot of contributions. I mean, you look at the play of our fourth line today. Um, they were outstanding. Jason Spezza just did not want our season to end today. And uh, he played with that level of urgency. You see the fight. I mean, that's just – that's playoff hockey. I mean, that's guys just not wanting to go down literally without a fight. So it was um, – it was great. It, it would have been so disappointing, of course, for it to end the way that it that it was looking like it was going to. But I mean, this is a funny game, funny, funny game. And I think there's been times in this series where we haven't been rewarded, perhaps when we should have a little, good, little bit of good fortune today uh, uh, as a result of some of our resilience. And I thought we were pretty good in overtime and made good on our power play. Next question. Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Sheldon, can you describe uh, what the mood was like in the dressing room during the second intermission and what the message to the guys was at that point? You know what? The second intermission actually was pretty good. Um, the first intermission, I think, was one that, you know, we had to kind of perk the guys up a little bit and, and get them going. Uh, first intermission, I think, just just the way the period went, we didn't get a, a whole lot, and and we were down, of course. Um, the second remission, I was actually really positive and felt good about, uh, about the group. Uh, I don't know that that necessarily materialized into anything productive on the ice necessarily and a credit to Columbus for how they played defensively. But, um, as I said, it's just, it's crazy the way that it worked out. Um, we've got new life here now that uh, we were on, I mean, we were, we were, <laughs> We were getting CPR there for a little bit, and then we, we found our way back, and here we go. We'll do two more in the media center up next. 
Yeah, Mark Masters, TSN. Sheldon, how would you describe what it was like with four minutes left in regulation? Could you Did you sense the push coming? Did you as the and the coaching staff have to do anything to prod it out? Uh, what was your view of that moment? I mean, Columbus was doing a terrific job, you know, of really clogging things up in the neutral zone. So we didn't have a lot of life going. We just, you know, as, as coaches, it's our job to to get the right people on the ice. Obviously we, we had to pull the goaltender a lot earlier than you would normally want to, but we just thought coming out of the TV timeout and the fact that we needed three goals and our best guys were fresh. It just made sense. And we found a way to get one in and suddenly you get the second one and uh, you know, and then you're in a game. So yes, it's it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. It's been a pretty crazy 24 hours obviously from what we've been through here, what we've been through as coaches and players and staff and I'm sure fans, media, everything all the way around. It's been a, it's been a very interesting and unprecedented 24 hours. So it's on us now to regroup and recover here and, and be ready to go for Sunday. Last one in the media center. Sheldon, what's really going through your mind as the way the game unfolds through the third period with them going up three, nothing. What are you thinking in those moments? You've tried every line combination you could think of. It looked like, what, what are you thinking in those moments? Well, I mean, once they got the third goal, obviously it's, you know, it's pretty grim, you know, you, it's, it's, you, know, you feel you're obviously in very tough. Um, you know, I was thinking about some of the, some of the great efforts that we've had here over the last number of days that um, I felt maybe we're, we're not going to be, we weren't going to be rewarded for it. Um, and it's, and I felt bad about that because I think we have had some, some individuals that have been really, really great through all of this. Um, and then just, it turns and you get a, you get a bounce and it comes and all of a sudden you're, you are getting rewarded for that. And we've got new life, as I've said, and we're really, really excited to play on Sunday. Even Sheldon Keefe, the head coach of the Maple Leafs, was at a loss for words as to what transpired and uh, the CPR done for his team to come back from the dead. I always like to use the Undertaker gif on social media, but it was uh, the best probably way for me at least to describe uh, what happened in this one, Gord, as we uh, give our final thoughts as we look forward to Game 5. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I can't wait for it coming up on Sunday, Gordo. Yeah, and one of those moments was when they had a 3 nothing lead over Carolina the game before Christmas that was in an afternoon game, blew it, and then came back and won it. But what struck me was he started Jason Spezza for shift because Jason's four daughters were there. They could come to a 2 p.m. afternoon game, and he showed Jason Spezza the kind of respect Mike Babcock didn't get him. And little things become big things. And uh, you know what? He got repaid by that. That was a big part of it. That was a big part of it tonight. So there's about 100 stories you and I can relate over the next um, 30 seconds. <laughs> we need about 30 hours. So that's just one little one. And he, he just mentioned, I think that was one of those uh, little additions that paid off big. And just a reminder to all that you can catch Leafs Nation postgame once again coming up on Sunday night. Uh, Gord, excellent stuff. Get some rest. And I can't wait to talk to you on Sunday, hopefully after Maple Leafs victory. Yeah, and it'd be great uh, round two to get at it again, a best four out of seven. Let's hope that's where it leads. Yep, let's hope. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. I'd like to thank uh, J.R. Manitad, Shoali, and Sam McKee, as well as Chris Johnson for stopping by. I'm Nick Alberga. The Maple Leafs win it in OT on the back of uh, Austin Matthews, a great one-timer on the power play, coming back from a 3-0 deficit in the last five minutes, and they have life. Game five on Sunday, and that's where we'll talk next. You've been listening to Leafs Nation postgame here on Sportsnet 5.9 of the Fan.